Hi, I'm Matthew Nels. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a sophomore. Hello, my name is Timothy Richmond Jr. I'm a senior. My pronouns are he, him, his. Carice, she, her, hers, and I'm a senior. That's me. Hi, my name is Amari. Um, I have no pronoun preference, and I'm a senior. My name is Anne-Marie Odney. I'm a first year, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm Daniel Ham, pronouns he, him, his. I'm a junior. So the first question is, what is your spiritual or religious practice and what does that mean for you? I guess I can start. So I identify as Christian. Um, denominationally, I identify as Pentecostal. Um, so those you go see in church, they're like shouting, jumping everywhere. That's kind of my church. <laughs> um, but um, as far as how I got into it, I was brought up in the church, raised in the church, but it was right around the age of like 12, 13. That's when I really started my own journey. Um, and ever since then, I've really believed God for myself. Um, for me, um, I identify as Christian as well. Denominational-wise, I'm kind of non-denominational. Um, for me, getting into the church, I was also always raised in the church. Um, but my personal journey started after I lost my baby brother in 2016. I had a lot of um, self-reflection to do. and. Um, Christ is the one who helped me through that. So. Okay. I also identify as Christian, um, Southern Baptist. Um, grew up in the church. Um, being from Memphis, of course, it's just emphasized in the family. Um, for me, there was a time like in my life when we were going through rough things as a family, and we got back involved with the church. Um, and since then, I've been on my own personal journey religiously, but as of recently, I'm questioning things more. So I still identify as Christian, but I'm against the way that it is practiced in America, pretty much, or in the Southern Baptist Church. Well, I'll go. I was baptized as a Catholic, um, so that's still a branch of Christianity. Uh, I don't think I'm very religious. I would identify more with being spiritual, spiritual, I do question religion sometimes, and I'm not very involved with Christianity. <laughs> I don't really identify with any religion. Um, grew up in a Baptist church, Black Baptist church, and slowly but surely left it. Um, I, I think I'm a spiritual person. Like I very much believe in the universe and like energies and things like that but that's about it. Um, as for me, my dad's a pastor, so I was always around church, went to church every Sunday. Um, I feel like my personal journey with Christ started when I was maybe 11, but I got baptized at like 17. And since then, I've just been trying to grow more, learn more about him. So the next question is, what ways do you feel like the church has been helpful in the black community? Well, when I think of that, I think um, historically as an institution, um, it has been very beneficial, like when you look at the civil rights movement and during the 60s. I think the, the church played an important role in the black community because it was where people were able to come together, it being independent without like any intervention to an extent. Now. Of course, white terrorism eventually came to the church as well. But um, I think the role that it had historically was very important. But nowadays, 
I think that it's more commercialized and um, materialistic, so it's not as much of an important factor in the day-to-day lives of black people. I would also agree that historically it has helped a lot. It was a source of hope for so many, um, and it is what got a lot of people through hard situations. Um, With regards to today, it's either a hit or miss. You have the people who are truly Christians and like follow the true teachings with the love and showing compassion and forgiveness and not being judgmental. And then you have what I call fake Christians who are the people who just say they're Christians but are the same ones that will judge you and talk about you behind your backs. And uh, so it's like, as a Christian, it's hurtful to see fake Christians because then people start thinking that just because I identify as Christian, I'm the same way when I follow the basis of love and forgiveness that Christ also had for me. So I don't know. Like every time I hear like real Christian and fake Christian, I'm not sure what their distinction is or who determines that. Because I think when we allow that to happen, it's when people get pushed away from the religion. And I think it's very I think there's a lot of Christian hypocrisy because and this idea of love and forgiveness and the idea of like Christ um, being able to love and forgive the same way that Christ is that that Christ did like historically or whatever um, it doesn't really I don't know if that's Christianity to me I think it's more of a controlling mechanism for people who do identify as Christian and I think the people who are true Christians or real Christians are the ones that are the most toxic and support other systems of domination that forces people out of the church, actually. So I think people who have their individual journeys and their individual faith and belief in Christianity, aside from the institutions of the church and the Bible, are the true Christians, in my opinion, but I don't know. You say controlling mechanisms. What What does that look like in today's America or world? In today's America, it's like people are in fear of being sinners or not. They feel the pressure to forgive for one or to always love people. And that goes against, I think, our innate like characteristics of being like human. It's not to just easily forgive or to love people. And I don't know why it's stressed. At, I mean, well, I understand the idea of love in terms of religion, but I don't know why that is the emphasis for it. And so many times, I mean, I think it forces people, as a controlling mechanism, it force, it controls behavior, social norms, and things like that. If you look at the laws in the United States, the criminal justice system, the Constitution, the Ten Amendment, I mean, the Bill of Rights, it's all based off of like a Christian mm-hmm. ethic, and it's kind of used to control society, because if people deviate from that, it's anti-Christian for one, and it's also, you're breaking the law if you decide to have if you just go against those fundamental mm-hmm. things that are outlined, like in the Bible, mm-hmm. that's what I meant by that. And I'm just thinking, bounce, like, kind of what you were talking about, control mechanism. I just, and I, listen, I was in the church, I was in the choir, I was on the usher board. <laughs> so, like, I know, but, like, even if you just think about the historical, like, the genealogy of black Christianity, quite just here in the United States, it's just kind of crazy because. Slavery was real as fuck. Mm-hmm. And they was like indoctrinating people and like undoing people's like spiritual connections that they had before they 
became slaves. So it's just like, even if you think about like, and you can like read this shit in the library, like think about the stories about how like people would say that, oh, well, like, uh, not to be like massive, but like, <laughs> just thinking about how people just use like verses themselves to not only justify slavery, but then to have slaves justify their own enslavement. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that that's just like mm -hmm. insidious as fuck. And mm -hmm. like that, in terms of like the control mechanism, like that's just what I was thinking about. Same, I often associate Christianity with erasure. So like mm -hmm. the erasure of like our cultures and not to be one of those people like, we need to go back to Africa and have a <laughs> No, but it is to say that Christianity was a violent process that necessitated the severance from Africa or the severance from the culture that we once knew because slaves would be actively punished if they did practice their native religion, right? So I feel like, I guess, I'm not one of those people who are completely religious because I do, for me personally, associate Christianity with erasure. And to me, I just can't reconcile the idea of wholeheartedly believing in a religion that was used to dominate people who look like me or like slaves. And also, I was just gonna say like I definitely like agree with the fact that people used it um, as a way to dominate people but I also believe that that deals more within the individuals versus within the religion as a whole because it goes back to the same manner of today like people will pick and use certain scriptures to fit their lifestyles without looking at the context of what that scripture was written as and I feel like that's more of an individual's actions versus um, Christianity as a whole. And going to Matthew's point, um, I found it interesting that you all brought up slavery because I was legit just reading in Genesis this week um, and like the creation of the earth and all of that and like I think chapter two it mentions like Ethiopia and all of these African civilizations that were um, formed and kind of like yes the narrative that we get is like Christianity the white people brought it over to Africa and like the whole nine but like just reading the Bible for me I kind of see like all of that not necessarily that white domination but like it mentions like different African countries like Joseph and the story of him being the captivity his brother selling him um, to captivity but him going to Egypt and Pharaoh like all of that Yes, it was used for domination, and like I kind of agree with Matthew's point. It's more on the individual and not the religion itself. Um, but in a way, Christianity Christianity can be seen as kind of like subjective. But in a way, I also kind of find it radical. I would like to push back against it being individual because when you think of the individuals that identify as Christian most of the people decide their ethics and morals based off the religion so it's something inherently in the religion that forces people to like be the way that they are so like those ethics and morals do not just come like naturally it's taught within the religion and i also i agree with you timothy and i'm just like yes we can be like oh it's a case-by-case -case basis but we have to understand the mass organization of society right like it's 
people practicing the religion that are like women have to be a certain level of respectable, right? That um, gay people are sinful, right? So I think that the fact that even if it's an individual practice, the fact that majority of society organizes itself around Christianity in the facilitation of demonization of specific populations, that's something to assess. And I think by just simply saying, well, that's on the individual, brushes over the ways in which that, that system of domination or Christianity has been used to support systems of domination for a long time. Um, I I hear what y'all are saying, but I also do have to go back to the individual because when you say that it's uh, a whole, like the Christianity as a whole, I truly cannot like go with that just because, um, yes, just like how racism isn't on white people as a whole, it's on the individuals who sent it down to their children. But it is on white people as a whole because they still whiteness. benefit from that system. So it doesn't, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, the individual themselves doesn't have to be a racist, or the individuals themselves don't have to be like, women have to wear skirts below their knees, right? But they still are in a support of a system that they benefit from, one, or in a in support of a system that preaches that. And, like, okay. I think that that's something to I'll be I'll say some of these, because, like, a lot of these rules that we have in Christianity, like the women wear skirts three-fourths below their knees, like some of that stuff really just isn't biblical. That it just came, someone made up that rule and we took it as true. Um, like some of the things that are being taught in the church, not they're not necessarily biblical. I'll go, I'll say this, like there's this notion of coming as you are. Um, like that's not necessarily biblical, um, but because it's kind of like the state in which the church has kind of fostered that, we take that as truth. Um, we take that as something that Jesus said himself and then we pass that down. Um, so like some of the things that the church has done, um, they might have started with an individual and then that kind of got passed down as what was his representation, representation of what Jesus said, but in actuality it's not. Because, yeah, and I think to go back to that point, again going back to the point about individuals, is that we have to, I mean of course Christianity as itself, we have to start looking at it as an institution. And I think that's where you can understand why this institution supports these, like the individuals or teaches these individuals to be the way that they are. Like, I think because it's so, the church and Christianity as a faith is so tied together, mm. it's almost inseparable in American culture. So, mm. like, I still identify as Christian, but I strongly believe in distancing yourself from the church and from the Bible and your personal experience with God is more important because it's too, because it's too conflated and the institution itself is just flawed and like and things is even how things are how people interpret the bible and when you think about when the bible was written and the different versions of the bible and things like that it i just cannot separate well i cannot just look at it in the from an individual perspective because mm -hmm. i just think it's tied so close to an institution so i'm hearing that you can't separate religion from individual but does everyone agree with that I don't necessarily, just mm -hmm. because back to that same point of if we say it's Christianity as an institution, I don't believe that you would, I don't believe that you would have Christians such as myself who are the ones showing the love and compassion. I don't believe that you would necessarily have all the differences of the Christian and the churches that preach against the wrongdoings that are fostered in some of the um, churches and um that's why I believe there has to be a distinction because it's not 
everyone. Um, and like, I guess that's where I'm trying to go individual wise. Like, there are some branches of Christianity that are horrible there, but they're also the ones that are good and that teach on the, um, I guess that are doing the right things and showing the love that they should. And so I guess for me, it's just hard to say that it's as a whole, mm -hmm. when you have so much good that is overlooked by the people that do wrong. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think like, that's the point I'm trying to get across is that it's not everyone. Um, it's the sections that you see that put the tamper and the bad taste in people's mouth. Mm -hmm. um, what do folks on this couch think? Um, I agree with that idea. Um, I feel like Christianity itself has so many different sects. So to, to classify it all as one, like there's, there's a clear difference between people that are in the FLDS and who are Baptist and people that are Pentecostal and all that. So we can't, I, I see what you guys are saying about we should see um, Christianity as an institution, but I also feel like it, it, it can't be on the, it can't fall on, on the back of the whole religion. It really, truly, in my opinion, I think it is an individual kind of thing. But back to the whole like mess, basically, I feel like the way Christianity is moving now is what's leaving people a bad taste in people's mouth. Because mm -hmm. what direction is that? Ooh. From what I'm seeing, I don't know if we're talking about Christianity as a whole or Christianity in the Black Church. Because I can only speak for Christianity in the Black Church. Yes, and from what, Black Church. Yes. From and from what I'm seeing, from my personal experience mm -hmm. with the Black Church, it's a lot of corruption, a lot of drama, a lot of um, jealousy between pastors. It's just this this um, movement towards trying to be the pastor, the top, trying to be this leader mm -hmm. over the people. And some people will stay in that mess. I personally will not, because that's yeah. straying away from the Bible. But I feel like so many pastors, of course with social media getting as big as it is, so many pastors, pastors are moving towards that direction. I don't even think they realize it. And people are seeing that, and that's what's leaving a bad taste. Christians are immoral. Look at all look at all this mess. This pastor is messing around with this woman. They're doing this and it's just it's just really messy. So it's just hard to <laughs> at times it's hard to really defend um, Christianity when there's things like this happening and mm -hmm. it's not being addressed in the church. I'll say this, not to justify what anybody is doing, but I think a lot of the times we have this notion that like our pastors and whoever who are our spiritual leaders, we kinda hold them on this pedestal. Um, in, in many ways, I find that we hold them on a pedestal higher than God. Um, in that when they do wrong, it's seen as, oh, they're doing wrong, they're not supposed to do anything bad. But um, at the end of the day, the only person that was perfect was Jesus. So not, not to excuse anybody's actions, but yeah. like what they do, like if a pastor is having an affair with someone, that, that's not biblical. And whatever they do, that's not biblical. But I think when we start actually putting our faith in God and not our pastors yes. um, and whoever our spiritual leadership is, then we'll see Christianity for what Jesus meant it to be. Um, what y'all are saying is cool. I feel like I'm not in the black church, so I can't speak to the corruption. But my beef with back to the individual versus mm -hmm. the religion mm -hmm. as an institution, 
Um, I think that you can assess Christianity as an institution, and this is not to say throw the whole religion away if you're religious. That doesn't concern me. My thing is we have to understand that Christianity um, dictates the norms and rules to which we guide our life, and Timothy was right, right? That Christianity, and whether, I don't, it doesn't matter what sect of Christianity, majority of them still preach that women should not wear certain clothing, that a man's role is specific from a woman's role, right? That, and I think that those are a lot of practices that are instilled in us and then get replicated in society. And in that way, you can view Christianity as an institution. And yes, there are always gonna be individuals who have individual ways of thinking, but we're not going to disregard the ways in which Christianity has placed certain norms and regulations on society. Because I think to then go back and say, well, it's on an individual basis, does not assess the unique oppressions that occur um, because of the way black church operates as a mechanism in society as a whole. So I think that that's something to be assessed. And by saying, oh, well, it's just an individual thing is a way to kind of just gloss over that oppression and then further hide what the violence that the black church does to people in its community. And I actually agree with your point, but I will say this. I, I think like because kind of what Matthew said earlier, a lot of people take scriptures out of context because there's a scripture like my church, we believe in head coverings. So like women are supposed to cover their heads. Um, but literally in the next scripture, it says your hair is your glory. So like it doesn't, it counsels each other out. But a lot of these scriptures that are used for like these like oppressive systems, they're taken out of context. Yeah, but, and that's what we're assessing, right? I'm not saying that um, people are interpreting the Bible like the right way and mm -hmm. that's why Christianity is messed up. But I'm saying we're going to analyze the ways in which Christianity is a religion, as an institution, as the way it is practiced is violent to certain bodies. And like also going back to the thing of context in an American context and just in a society like this, Christianity is a system of domination. And if you're not Christian in America, then you're our own, you're like pretty much on the outskirts unless you're yeah. Jewish because you know that top 1% of the population. And I mean, but it has, it has its proximity to Christian because like we share mm -hmm. biblical texts yeah. and things like that. So I think that's why the success, I mean, why they're able to succeed or why it's not a big threat to like the Christian mindset. Mm -hmm. And I think like in the black church, why it was successful in the 60s is because it deviated from this Eurocentric American idea of Christianity. But now it's conflated, it's ran together now and it's just oppressing so many people. But even then it wasn't without faults doing, mm -hmm. I mean, during that movement, like when um, the Nation of Islam rose and things like that, how they were highly critical of that or people who were not Christian. It's just it's something inherently in that which we might not be able to answer why it's that way. But I think thinking of it as an institution and what is being what is being taught or how it's being taught is just something important to I guess think about. Or how it further aligns itself with white supremacist mm -hmm. ideals, right? Mm -hmm. That it organizes itself in a way that still puts like basically like still aligns with these cells like that saying like black women are still hypersexual, right? That we need to cover ourselves when we go into buildings or we need to like be modest in the presence of a man, right? That still further ties into systems of domination. Yeah, and I think people should deviate from, I mean, the Bible, use it as a point of reference, as an allegory and things like that for, for you know, spiritual reasons, but I don't think that should be used to control your behavior. Because I think if people separate from the Bible, then maybe the religion can flourish on its own. Like, I mean, I don't know, 
but this my thought. I just don't mm-hmm. think the Bible as the biblical text, the way well the version that we have in the United States, I don't think it's beneficial to the people who identify as Christian or like like you said, can't fall back on the religion or whatever, but yeah. So what I'm hearing is that Christianity can be seen as something as a shared belief system that we still operate on today and within the black community. So what does it look like for folks who aren't Christian or in spaces where your Christian identity isn't salient? So how is Christianity influencing your behaviors, actions, things like that? As someone who's not really affiliated with like Christianity, I would say it comes with a lot of like involuntary self-policing and self-regulation for me in particular because just being a, a woman, especially in a space where, you've, where you're always taught to minimize yourself because of the way Christianity, I feel like, orients women, I like second guess the clothing I'm wearing. I'm just like, is this appropriate for class? But I'm just like, should I even be questioning the appropriateness of something, right? Or um, do, like, do I have to be mindful of the way my body is presented in certain spaces? And I think that all has to go back to how I feel like I should be as a woman in society because Christianity has dictated that of my body. For me, even coming to college, you know, my parents said, remember who you are, God's always watching, and stuff like that. It's almost like my one small issue that I have with Christianity is the fact that a lot of times you can't really be who you truly want to be. So like what you were saying about wearing clothes, you know, oh, don't wear that. Is that how you want to be seen? Like, you're a Christian girl, you're a Christian girl, you don't need to show your stomach. You're a Christian girl, put a bra on. You're a Christian girl, those pants are too tight. And I feel like going from a household where Christianity is around you and going into a place like college where it's like not as heavily like put onto you and like your beliefs is more like to yourself, um, it does, like you said, have a lot of self-policing because that's always in your head even if it, you're not hearing it from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and I don't think that's fair for anyone to have to go through that. Um, so, like, I just want to say sorry. Like, I know I can't speak for the whole Christian community, but I would never want to make anyone feel like that. If they were in my presence, I would want people to feel comfortable however they want to. Um, and I do just want to mention this um not as an excuse to um the view beliefs that christianity has in place um placed on people but i also think it's important to realize that christianity is not the only place that these um come from um for example like muslim women um they're told they have to wear head dressings and um things like that and so i just for me i don't think it's necessarily right to put all blame like on Christianity. Because I feel like some people do have a personal relationship with their hijab that's like not necessarily forced on them. So I feel like just don't um, no, articulate that. That's stereotypical. Yeah, it is very stereotypical. Well, I was just talking like from personal conversations that I've had with people where they're saying like it was religious beliefs are the reasons why they did that. And so I'm saying like for Christianity, some of the reasons why people do things are also for religious beliefs that they have. Um, so, yeah. My, see, my beef ain't with religious beliefs, but it's like, for me personally, like mm-hmm. just second guessing yourself or just like, um, the church doesn't, doesn't particularly like queer people. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like me as a queer woman, where do I fit into that story, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. thinking about, will my family accept that narrative? Like, 
um, what happens when I, if and when I do want to marry a woman, right? So it's just kind of like being able to navigate those waters as well. So I think like my beef isn't like, cause I, my beef isn't with people who make conscious religious choices because they love their religion. That's beautiful. If that's how you want to live your life, it's when you want to live a certain way and you have to second guess the way in which you want to live your life because mm -hmm. of the religious practices of society or the way religion has been placed into, into society as a norm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned women, queer folks, right? So what is their relationship to the black church? And what are your thoughts on that? That's the reason why I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Speak on the baby. No, I just feel like I was told too many times I was a whole abomination. I'm sitting here having mm. a smile and a speech of face who like, you're going to hell. I'm like, all right, cool, mm. bye. Um, like, And even outside of church, like that shit just permeates all of society. Like there's literally students at this motherfucking school in the black community who literally say homophobic stuff about like other community members Speaking on the basis of Christianity. So it's just like, I don't, I can't reconcile the, like the hate that people have in their heart for me with like, a, it, I just like can't, I can't get over that disconnect. Period. But it's like you're supposed to love them and accept that they aren't perfect when they're like negating your whole existence on the basis of and they'll use the excuse of like, well, I'm Christian. So it's just like, how, how does your belief system or your institutional practices get to come at my whole existence? And it goes back to how like you were saying how like we're not going to see an ad like Christianity is not mandated on a national level like no matter how secular the government try to be like we're not gonna act like that's still not a thing how laws are literally based around like the dollar bill saying like, god we trust don't it <laughs> yeah but then but yes. it's supposed to be a neutral god that's what that's that's what everyone say but it, we we know that's not the case so it's just like i just can't i can't do that even like ideas around marriage and why it took goddamn however many years for uh, same-sex couples to like be in union together is again because of or but the idea that marriage like, is even something to ascribe to in the Bible right that one can't have sex for enjoyment one can only have sex and like legitimate sex through the union of marriage and that makes it okay right and like now they've recently included queer people into that narrative that now we can too engage in in um godful sex because we can get married it's just like, like you know what I mean? I feel like Christianity places all these norms and regulations on one's life that you have to like be like, oh, well, now I have to do this checkpoint, this checkpoint when... You and that make that me want to fight people. Like, why am I defending my existence to you? You mm -hmm. ugly, first of all. But also, like, <laughs> why, like, why does my, why is my existence or my, my life hinged on what you believe? Theoretically, I think that's a very valid question. I'll say this. Um, I mean, God gives us all free will, so you can live how you want to live. Not, but at the end of the day, it's not my place to judge you, um, because yeah. it's God's place to judge you. And at the end of the day, I'm just here to spread Jesus' message. Um, but we all have to face the final judgment. Okay, but you know, you see how that was low key disrespectful. It's just like I'm not gonna judge you, but when you go to heaven. God gonna put you to eternal damnation for not being say, gay. Never but not to say that's you. No, 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 no. Not to say that's you, but that's how people no, articulate how, like, people it, right? Like they, they're like, you know, I'm not gonna judge you, but God, God you gonna yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's still low key fucked up. No, but I think every time somebody say, I'm not gonna judge you, but that word but in itself <laughs> is 
negates that whole thing. It negates that it's saying that I am judging you. It's not my place to judge you, so I'm not going to be comfortable enough to judge you. But when you go before God, he is going to judge you for And we're not saying that to you, but you see yeah. how that logic still mm-hmm. indoctrinates us into a system and of ethics that, that mm-hmm. are implemented on certain people. And that pushes people away from Christianity because if you grew up in a church and then you start going to church and then you realize that the, the sermon that day is about this preaching, hate no matter how people want to phrase it, it pushes you out of the religion because you have a conflict in your identity and that fucks with your mind for years even once yeah. you distance yourself from the religion because you're going to always be questioning when it's like judgment day or whenever I die what is going to be my faith even even if I don't believe in that, it. That well, cannot apply to religion as a whole because that, that concept of judgment also exists in other religions. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but the topic today is black church and its fault. So like, I mean, like, we're not saying that that's unique to black mm-hmm. churches or black people, mm-hmm. but I feel like if the conversation is about the ways in which we can critique the black church, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that needs to be critiqued about the black mm-hmm. church. And then even then, not to be even highly critical of the black church, but when you look at it, it took people in the black church a longer time before other people who identified as Christians to accept people with various identities. I think, I actually think you should challenge people though, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. the Bible does say iron sharpens iron. And so mm-hmm. I think when it, in you challenging um, those leaders, you are thereby getting a better but understanding you see that of your own Timothy faith. is not asking, because we understand that mm-hmm. you are one of those like, what people would call a progressive Christian, right? Like he's not asking for your validation in particular, and that was very affirming. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> what he's saying is that the church as an institution mm-hmm. makes those things not okay. So when, and I, when yeah, I, and we're not talking about the way Christianity should be practiced, but the set of norms and regulations that have been practiced under the religion, and that that's what I think he's getting at. Mm-hmm. Not that well, the Bible says this, and people just don't follow it's just like why don't people follow that and why do they pick and choose what to follow and how do they then use that to oppress other people Matthew um, wants to say something I just had a question so um and this is like just what y'all uh, think but I know you mentioned how um, it took longer for black churches to become more accepting do you think that uh, also just deals with um, the norm in the black community as well um that also needs to change yeah because you can't um, separate those two things i also think you can't separate particularly people in black folks in the united states particularly people who are descendants of slaves i just think it's very hard to even separate any of those things so one ideals instilled within the black community but also like the black church itself can be inseparable from white supremacy like that it just filters all the way, and I, I just feel like people don't even realize how much it filters into both of those things, um, and the reasons why. Like, and like, I I've done research on like indigenous or black indigenous like religions and things like that, and just thinking about how like black folks here, like, there's a reason why homophobia is so rampant, and it's not just because, and not to be like. Because if you a homophobic black person, you a homophobic black person, you deserve to get your ass beat, period. But it is to say that like white supremacy has quite literally guided things that black people feel like they know about themselves. And not, not to be like black people don't know things about themselves, but like we're not going to add like white supremacy and all the things that come with that. So like queerphobia, like uh, ideas around marriage and things like that, or like Christian ideals that were brought about through white supremacy um, don't also affect these things. Like they're not mutually exclusive and that and like it would just be historically inaccurate to add like 
these things just came up out of nowhere. So we talk about these big ideas about the black church, right? And so let's bring it to a modern context. We see in the media that when the tragedies do happen, like black folks are always pushed to forgive. And oftentimes it's rooted in like the Christian beliefs. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, with the Botham Jones case. Um, oh, can you explain more about that? Yeah. Uh, so basically, Amber Geiger, she's a police officer who has a history of racism. Um, she went into his house at nighttime, um, presumably saying that she thought it was hers and she shot him. Uh, and there was a court case um, where she was recently, I think Tuesday, convicted of murder and then um, Wednesday sentenced to 10 years in prison. Um, and the, um, after the case, we see his brother um, hugging her um, and saying that he forgave her. And I know that sparked a lot of controversy because some people felt like he was pushed to forgive, especially since it was out in the media. And I think with regards to Christian forgiveness. I think sometimes we try to put our own time limit on things and say that there's a set time that you have to forgive this person when there shouldn't be one. I feel like had it not been recorded, this would have been so different. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that everybody saw it, but then after it all happened, he, he kind of had to explain himself. And me personally, I believe in forgive, but don't forget. And if at that point he wanted to forgive, that's fine. But if had he have been here right now, I would have asked him, how are you healing from this? Did you even give yourself time, enough time to heal, to get to a point where you can say, it's okay. I still have a love for you. I have compassion for you. And I forgive yeah. you. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? This woman killed your brother. And that's the narrative surrounding this story. It opens us up to criticism and us to question this quick on the Christian notion of forgiveness, especially within the black community, because this is not something that's new at all with multiple cases. Publicly, black people are always asked if they forgive these individuals. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the, that we should be tasked with forgiveness. And I don't even think necessarily in Christianity, how is taught is telling you to forgive. But I don't know if that's, a, that's necessarily the ethic of forgiveness as important as it's emphasized in the black community. And I think what it does for the white people, the perpetrators of it, is it humanizes them. And it makes it to the point, well, these people are forgiving them. It gives them leverage. because, And we always are tasked with saying that we forgive these individuals. When deep down inside, we don't. And I don't think it should be even in your lifetime that you have to forgive someone. Because if you don't forgive them, you don't forgive them. And your religion shouldn't. Not, I'm not saying it requires you, but shouldn't have this idea or propel you, I mean, force you into forgiveness for the sake of yourself. Because it's even a question, does is forgiveness actually for yourself? When In terms of, the, of black people, when acts of violence are committed against black folks, I think the forgiveness is more so for the humanization of the white perpetrator in that situation. And I think that's yeah. kind of a... And I I mean, I'm just going to agree with that, and this goes back to, like, even, I have a fascination with slavery, obviously, but, like, <laughs> thinking about, like, how it's even used in the context of that, like, you just got whipped for 10 hours straight, mm -hmm. 
but it's the Christian thing to forgive the person who whipped you for 10 hours straight. Or even thinking about, like, and you were just talking about, like, historically, like, shit that has been done to, like, mm -hmm. black people here in the United States and how we are always called upon to forgive, primarily under the, like, notion of Christian forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like, do we hold white people the same standards of forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Like, Bush did 9-11. But, like, 9-11 happened and then niggas tore up the Middle East. And, like, mm -hmm. it's just like, where is that notion of forgiveness for anyone who's in a position of, like, power? Like, mm -hmm. that shit doesn't exist. And even back to 9-11, people publicly <laughs> were not saying that they forgive these people. They were like, the the justice that they deserve is this war. And, it's and, framed as justice, not as forgiveness. Yeah. So they and even they not a broad right, shape. white people's aggression towards Muslim identifying people or brown people afterwards was not an act of Christian forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It was targeted violence and excess violence because they believed that they had the right mm -hmm. to seek out this violence because of what like it they, was justified by yeah, it was justified by their religion, right? So I think like I think that forgiveness in terms of use in using it for black people to forgive white people who are always the perpetrators of violence is just used to kind of pacify the black community or use as a means to uphold systems of white supremacy because we can just forgive this person who's just shot your brother and then put her in jail for 10 years and she'll learn her lesson right instead of analyzing the fact that she felt comfortable shooting this black person in his own home because she was white because she was a white woman. So I think that we use forgiveness as a means of just justifying systems of oppression and being like, oh, it'll be better later. They learned their lesson when it's like, no, it's part of a larger problem, and, a larger system. And it undermines think, racial justice and progression, in my opinion, when we're tasked to forgive people because it's ignoring the wrong. In the way right. that forgiveness is used towards the black community, yes, it is weaponized. Um, but as a Christian, um, we just have to forgive so God can forgive us. But Going back to what Matthew said, it you I don't think that forgiveness have to take it doesn't have to take place at that moment. It may take you ninety years to forgive, and if it takes you ninety years, it just takes you ninety years. Um, but the I, I agree with your point. The way forgiveness has been used, especially in relation to the black community, it has been weaponized, and it should we should hold white people to that same standard as and society I, holds black folks. I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, and what I was hearing from you a lot is that we see, especially within white Christianity, people picking and choosing parts that benefit them um, versus like not following as a whole. Like they're picking and choosing saying, oh, well, at this time we can choose justice and this is what they reserve and we're going to go revenge. Um, but when we do something wrong, we want you to use the forgiveness portion. And mm -hmm. I feel like that is like one of the corrupted mind ways of thinking that um, is a problem within Christianity that needs to be addressed. So everyone's talking about the brother and everyone's talking about the brother, but can we talk about the judge? Cause that's what's, that's what's bothering me. Yeah. The brother, you can forgive, but was the judge black? From what yes. I hear from the yes. what really got me was the fact that the judge got down and not only hugged this woman, but gave her a Bible. And like, mm. I'm just like, I've never seen that done before. Like, I ju judges have seen black people crying, sobbing, like innocent black people getting sentenced, immigrants getting deported, like sobbing, and there's white judges are sitting up there. But 
this black, black judges too. So yeah, okay. they're just sitting up there. And I get it, that's your job, you gotta be non-biased. But this woman got down and hugged Amber and gave her a Bible. And I was just like, where, where do they do that? Where did this come from, you know? Like, I don't know, it just felt a little too much for me. Like, I understand that was more for, it's not my place to say, oh, that's wrong, you know, it was her, for her spirit. But I'm just like, why? Mm -hmm. If I just want to ask her, I know that's not even possible, but I just, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. That's what upsets me. So you mentioned like her being a white woman. What uh, role do you think that played in the situation? Her relationship with uh, Botham John's brother, but also um, the judge. I think the as judge? a, oh sorry. It could be anyone, but. Um, as a white woman, it was more so that she was deserving of forgiveness. And I think that this goes mm -hmm. along with what a lot of people are saying, that when black people sit up there, or immig immigrants sit up there, there's no sympathy, there's no regard for, or mm -hmm. like investment in Christian forgiveness, but automatically you have this white woman who invested herself into violence to shoot this black man, and suddenly we can forgive, we can remedy these institutions. She's deserving of that because she's white, and right. she cried. Right. And God forbid right. a white woman cry, yeah. because <laughs> that changes the tide of every single fucking thing when they cry, and it's like, okay, that, I mean, and then also what it made, what I thought of like the judge is kind of like, in terms of like a mammy, like the stereotype of a mammy, when she went down there to hug her and told, gave her one of her four, or, she has four or five Bibles and she gave it to her because she's gonna need Jesus through her experience in jail and stuff. But even then, she's appealing the case and things like this. So I think the role that the media is playing in it is gonna benefit the white woman as a whole. And the question is, is I don't even know if she feels remorse for killing this, mm -hmm. for killing this right. man when she has a history of racist comments and things like that, and the fact that she felt so comfortable enough to shoot this man in his own apartment. And the thing about that, and also the brother saying that this is what his brother would have wanted. That's something we mentioned earlier, his brother would have wanted to live. Yes, and so oh, we've had a long conversation about black church, its relationship to black community, um, but now we just want to gauge your final thoughts. So just one sentence or less, what do you think the role of the black church is in our community? Matthew, you can start, you can go around. Start the other way. Yeah, let's start the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, would you like to start? No problem. Um, historically, um, the Black Church has just been, uh, especially during the Civil Rights Movement, a place and a beacon of hope, uh, like a symbol of like kind of progression. But the way Christianity has been weaponized, it has been weaponized to um, oppress certain groups, and it should it shouldn't. Um, be used as a tool, um, and I I just hope that um, as a Christian we could really follow the teachings of Jesus in accepting um, those who aren't like us. Um, the role of the black the black church in the black community is, I believe, a place for comfort for solace, but obviously it's flawed. And until we can acknowledge and actually talk as a community about these flaws, nothing's going to get fixed. Um, the role of the black church for me personally has not been a, uh, well, the role of the black church for me personally has been particularly violent, um, and I think it's long-term effects on black people, hence the Bob John case, is also violent. So, I think there's some things to be reconciled, but, you know, Christians are out here, and that's that, so. I feel like I said what I said. I think that 
the black church can be violent and I just I, it's not my business to speak on this for all Christians but shit better change soon and I think that the success of the black church is contingent upon separating itself from Eurocentric ideas of Christianity and moving back to the religion itself and separating it from an institution if that is possible yeah oh. I feel like it has been a center of hope, but also a center of harm. And I think it's something that we need to discuss more and something that we need to start changing. Um, yeah. Well, I want to thank our panelists for being here. We love y'all. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. And this is the end of the second episode of Being Black and Marie. Somebody wanna fuck me and my ass up in jail. Period. <laughs> 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 <laughs>